0: Thank you. Wow. wow, you guys are awesome. So, man, we are so honored to have some guests here with us. And uh, we're so honored by uh, Aaron and Denise Euler from Bethel. Uh, Marion, Indiana. Just what a pleasant <laughs> surprise. We walk in and I see him come through the back I'm like, Aaron Oiler. And uh, he's just, I, he's a special person. me we share a really great name for one. Um, but uh, just really dear people. And, and I tell you what, we cannot give enough honor to, to Bethel Marion and what they mean to us and who they've been as far as our growth and, and where we've come as a church. They were the first church, the first people to believe in us and me. And uh, man, we just we honor them. Could we honor them and on behalf of Bethel Marion? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so honored to have you guys are awesome. You need to get a chance to meet them after church. And uh, also, we have Jared and Val Greco from Youngstown. Uh, they're sitting up here in front, of on the end. And a new baby from newer, first time I've met her, Live, And uh, we're just so honored to have them, uh, Jared and Val they're um covenant family very very close to kevin deadman so they came up for the weekend uh to be with him but also spend some time with us and i think we're up to like one in the morning we we ate wings at like twelve thirty last night and uh it made for a very uncomfortable night and morning i had heartburn like all night long so uh just note to self don't eat very very hot wings at like twelve thirty at night okay not not a good combination um but anyway being with Kevin and, and Jared and, and some great people this weekend, great influences for a supernatural lifestyle. Bad influence to eat healthy. <laughs> Those of you who know Kevin Dedman, uh, you know he his love language is food. Okay, Amen. and uh, loves to eat. So I find myself like like throwing down like double cheeseburgers from from K's hamburgers, and then like three hours later eating a whole nother meal. Then after church eating like barbecue ribs. Like, I'm eating like five meals a day, and it's not like the bodybuilding plan. It's not like five healthy meals a day. It's like five very, very bad meals a day. So uh, all the people in our 90-day weight loss challenge, they're like, But uh, i got to have to work hard this week. Um, But anyway, it's been so fun hanging out with Kevin. you got to come back tomorrow night at 6.30. He's going to be here. Uh, Just a very dynamic guy. He's at the Dayton Vineyard right now speaking, and he's spoken uh, all over the region the last weekend. But I'm honored that I'm a good friend of his and uh, just so honored to have our guests here from Indiana and Youngstown. And uh, Jared and Val, they're going to come up a little later and do some activation after we do communion. And uh, we just how many are okay with God healing some people today? Is that okay? communion, you know, and what Jesus came to earth here was to set captives free. And and that's what he does. He still does it. He's alive and he's well today and his church is well. Uh, so last week we started a series on celebrating Jesus. And um, just been pretty wrecked lately, just focusing on Jesus. Sometimes we get caught up in the programs and we get caught up in organization, and we get caught up in in trying to to do great things with excellence and and to run a ministry, and I I just tell you what, we're getting back to the simplicity of Jesus. It wasn't a great program that set me free, Uh, and and programs work, they're good, I I believe in the 12 steps, I believe in follow-ups, I believe in all of that, but I just want to share my story, it was about eight years ago at Bethel Marion. Seven and a half years ago, I found myself at the front of the church not even believing in God. Not even believing in God. Not even believing in any of the signs, wonders, manifestations, giftings. And they just just put their arms out to us as a church, my wife and I. And in that moment, God baptized me in His Holy Spirit not even believing in it. Jesus sets captives free. And it doesn't have to be our plan. It doesn't have to be something we believe in. It doesn't have to be something we agree with even. Jesus sets us free because He knows we need to be free. It was Jesus that set me free. It was Jesus who entered into me and made me radical for Him. And I've never looked back from that moment. It was one moment in Him that changed me for a lifetime. It has been continual experiences since then that sustained me. It's it's not it's not church at eleven, lunch at one o'clock, Bible study, and prayer on Tuesday, and, and come back and do the whole thing. It's not this behavioral modification thing. It is the goodness of God that leads me to repentance. I encountered him, I experienced him, I tasted, and I saw that he was good and I want more. I drink from the cup of his cup and I'll never be thirsty again. And that's what we're focusing on today. So last week we started this series called Celebrating Jesus and we started with the commissioning and we're just going through the last few days of Jesus's life on earth before the, the death and resurrection. How many are excited for that? I'm excited that Jesus arose, he's alive and he's sitting in heaven and he is good. But those last few days, you know, he started, and where we started this journey last week was, was him washing the feet of the disciples. And he's washing the feet, and, and, and we said, wherever our feet go, wherever we walk, wherever our feet point down, we have authority over that ground. So we talked about the significance of the feet, and feet are meant to go. Sandals are meant to go. So he says, we'll crush Satan under our feet. We have authority over any territory, over any circumstance, over anything, because Jesus He came to set captives free. He came because He's good and He came to be a demonstration of the goodness of the Father. Okay? He came because He had a mission. And then He commissioned us. So as we've we've blessed each other's feet last week and then through life groups this week, you know, it's crazy because some of the things that I used to think were of the old, of the past, God is just putting uh, just an honor in me and just putting something, a hunger in me to bring back some of the things that we've forsaken. Yes. Our fathers and our forefathers and our grandfathers and mothers and, and these people in our lives, they, they've set a, a, a trail, they've blazed a trail for us, and we cannot discredit the journey that they took before us. Oh, we need to think generationally and we honor the past, present, and the future. It's three generations, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's three generations. We think in terms of 100 years. So as we're thinking, we're honoring the past, we're thankful for where we are, but we're looking forward to where we're going. And with that, we did foot washing this week. We've not done that in years. My wife actually said, that she, she was just, uh, we were laughing because when she was like 19, 22 years old or something. She's washing uh, these, these ladies' feet who are just a few years older than her. I'll be very polite. And she's like the only person like under 30 in the room, you know, and here she is. And it was just as she's washing my feet in our home, she's, she's telling me this, and I'm just laughing. I'm laughing so hard just picturing that young girl washing these, these elderly ladies' feet. And, uh, you know, how many just think that feet are kind of disgusting? <laughs> Let's be real about it, all right? So, uh, so anyway, uh, but we're honoring the past. But here we are today. So the next three weeks look like this. Today's communion. Next week is the cross. And then on Easter Sunday at our two services, we're going to focus on the celebration. Yeah. Jesus arising. When he left. He commissioned His Spirit to dwell with us. And His Spirit, not just, not just to be a comforter and a guide, He promises that, but I believe there's a party when the Holy Spirit came down in the upper room. There was an all-out party where they thought the whole room, the whole place was drunk, and they're like, they're not drunk on what you think they're drunk on. It's a new wine. It's only nine in the morning. So I believe that the signs, the wonders, the manifestations, the giftings, the baptism of the Spirit, it's for today. It's not just for yesterday, it's it's for today. God is working today and he's good and he is looking forward to celebrate with us on a daily basis, right? So today let me just focus on a set of scriptures here and then we're gonna get we're gonna have communion as a church. Okay? I believe we're at the point in this this place is not just doing business as usual. Come on. I said last week we're not looking to just grow a church, we're not looking to grow an organization. We're looking to grow a people that will actually be the church. We're not looking just to grow a system to look fun and look good on Sunday. We want to impact our communities. We want to pastor our cities. We want to influence the people around us in a good way, revealing the goodness of God to everyone everywhere. That's the mission of this church. That's our statement, to reveal the goodness of God to everyone everywhere. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And He's good. So it's not about just growing this system and this organization, this business and worried about the finances. We don't worry about finances because God provides really great provision. His grace is sufficient, His interest rates are good, and heaven is not in a recession. He's not in lack. So when he's in my life and I'm full, I'm not lacking anything. So let's focus on the scripture in Luke 22. Luke 22, and I'm going to start on verse 14. Just read a little bit here, and, and, uh, and then we'll just focus on a few points. I'm going to focus on due communion, and then Jared and Val are, are going to do some activation. But back to not doing business as usual, not just, not just doing church every week. Church does not have to look the same as it's always looked. Worship may have been a little longer than you're used to because you cannot get corporate worship with an experience and impartation the same at home on the internet as you can get corporately in a body. So we put a heavy emphasis on worship, encountering God, giving Him ourselves as a living sacrifice. You can't do that at home by yourself the way you can do that corporately. And we can get good preaching from the internet at home. I can listen to, to, to so Randy Clark or Bill Johnson or Chris Voliton or, or Leif or, or all these great ministers on, on TV. We have you know, all these great guys. I even go back to the past messages of guys and forefathers and different things. I can get good preaching online. I, I really can But what I can't get at home the same way that I can get in church is impartation, yeah. activation, and in a community of a body of a family. I can't get that at my computer desk. I can get some things at the computer and his presence is everywhere. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's something impactive about being in a body and activating here together when you're encouraging one another for 20 seconds with the word of knowledge. When you're laughing with one another, when you're worshiping with one another. And now we're going to watch God heal through this service corporately the people that need healed. Don't leave here today if you've got pain in your body. Don't leave here today if you've been diagnosed with a disease. God is in the healing business and the stock is rising. Amen. So let's, let's read a verse here and we'll talk about communion. When the time came, verse 14, Luke 22. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very, and I'm in the NLT if you haven't caught on yet. I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. Say covenant. Covenant. In agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice. So when it came time, he, he sat down at the table. First off, the table is very significant in the Word and in our natural lives. There's something about a table. I did a series on family about a year or two ago. There's something about the dinner table that brings a family together. There's something about a dinner table where you share about each other's days. You connect, you ask questions, and you connect on a level beyond just TV trays and takeouts and fast food lines. There's something about special with the culture of family, the community that the dinner table brings. So Jesus is calling his disciples, and he's sitting around the dinner table, and he's breaking bread with them. Listen, there is community at the dinner table, and God says he's inviting you to dine with him. There's something about community. Last week I shared about David and we're going to go there just, just for a second today as well. Last week I shared about the commissioning of David. David didn't just wait for Goliath to come to him. He went ready for the fight. He went looking for Goliath, ready for the fight. And listen, David also understood that he couldn't do it alone. He had a Jonathan in his life. He had, he had friends. He had, he had colleagues. He had, he had people in his life. Listen, you cannot do this alone. In the beginning, it started with family. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the end, it ends with family. It started in a garden. It ends in a garden. It started with family. It ends with family. God designed family, and he thinks it's really cool and important. He designed covenant. He designed community because he knows that we're stronger together. Iron sharpens iron. Right? A house divided can't stand. But a house unified, we are so much more powerful. When there's unity in the house, there's power in the house. There is power in unity. So then he, he takes the bread and he, and he breaks the bread. And he, and he shares the bread and he's talking about this. Back to the cool thing about tables and, and around the dinner table. There's great things that happen around the dinner table all throughout the Bible. Again, let's, let's focus on David. It was the dinner table where David was actually commissioned. They waited for him to come to the dinner table to say, you're going to be the next king. There's great things that happen at the dinner table. When you dine with God, when you come around a fellow believers and you have fellowship and you're breaking bread, there is powerful things that happen at the dinner table. Bread. Bread. So he broke the bread and the bread represents his body. Listen, Jesus' body was broken so that yours and mine could be whole. His body was broken so ours doesn't have to be. So if there's anything that's not in the alignment of a wholesome body that aligns with heaven, listen, there's no sickness, sorrow, there's no distress, there's no depression, there's no disease in heaven. So if I'm a citizen of heaven and I'm a son and I'm an heir to the kingdom and anything that's heaven is mine, then I do not have to accept anything that's not in heaven. Amen. I'm I'm just being real. This is not some faith works kind of thing. This is not, uh, I'm, I'm not being arrogant. I'm just saying, if I'm a son of God, and I am, he calls me his child, his chosen people, a royal priesthood. So if I'm a royal priesthood and he is the king of kings, he's actually calling us kings. We are kings and queens, sons and daughters, to the living God where we can cry out, Abba, Father, as his children. So anything that my father owns, anything that's his, anything that's in heaven, I actually have a legal inheritance to. I have a legal right to. So if it's in heaven, say, say, this, say it, say to say it's mine. So his body was broken, so yours doesn't have to. But God used, used bread in a lot in the Bible. He's the bread of life. When we're in time of need, he rains bread, manna, from the sky. Anything that you need, anything that he has to offer, any trial that you're going through, he is the bread of life and he'll let you feast on it like a buffet and you not only get exactly what you need, but you get more for the overflow. The Israelites never had to worry about where the next meal was coming from. It would just fall out of the sky. So much so that it would actually disintegrate or rot through the night and if they tried to save it, it wouldn't be good. So every day they did this because here's the thing, you can't dwell on yesterday's bread. You can't just feast on yesterday's bread. He's making all things new. He gives you a new day today to feast on him today, every day. So then you get to the wine and you get to the place where, where Jesus is, is sharing the cup. And he says, he says, drink from my cup, drink from this cup. Once we taste and see that God's good, He always leaves us hungry for more. Amen. We draw an addiction to what we eat most of. How many have ever heard of Schuler Donuts in Springfield? Yes. Anybody heard of those? Yes. Yeah. Like most of you here, I've never heard of them. Okay. I'm a Jim's Donut kind of guy, there's a place in Centerville. What's that one? Bills. You know Jim's and Bills. You know they're they're amazing donut places. But we were at a church with Kevin, and Jared and I were, were there on, uh, Sunday, on Friday evening. And we're there, and, and out in the lobby, they had these Schuler donuts. And they said that John Legend actually ships them to his house in New York because they're so good. And I'm like, well, geez, if, if they're that good, I've got to try one of these bad lads. <laughs> so I take a chocolate cream-filled donut, and, I, and I'm, I'm eyeballing this thing. And, and I'm just going to be really honest. We are so full. Like, Jared's over there lounging on the couch, like, I can't eat anymore. And then, they, then they start talking about these donuts. And we had one. And it was like a spiritual experience in my mouth. It melted. It was so good. It was so good that yesterday morning, Jared drove from here to go get two dozen to bring them back. Got lost, was late for our leader meeting. They're that good. So then, yesterday, I get home from the leader meeting, and I have one. And then a couple hours later, I have another. Then we eat this massive spaghetti dinner. Jared's Jared's Italian, so he made this special Italian giant meatballs, spaghetti- oh, it was delicious. It was out of this world. But then like ten minutes after I ate that and I took Kevin back to the hotel, man, those donuts sound really good. So I snuck another one. I'm like I'm like I'm like the kid in the little corner with the candy, right? So, so I'm eating this and it's just amazing. And then last night I get home and I had just eaten ribs. Okay. It was, I think my fourth meal yesterday. I just eat ribs and at a pastor's house, at Doug Rose house at Dayton Vineyard, I ate ribs and this stuff from city barbecue and I get home and those donuts are still there. And I'm like, man, Jared was talking about the glazed one earlier today. (laughs) Yep. I'm going to have that puppy. It was amazing. Okay. But then, we got wings after that. This is so ridiculous, isn't it? I know you guys say I'm really transparent. Maybe there's some things I should just filter. This is like gluttony at this point. So, so I am indulging, indulging myself with just this amazing food. I wake up today, though, and I'm like, I, I can't eat. I'm, I'm done. Back to the taste and see that God is good. The more It ties in, I promise. The more we eat of something, the more we crave it the more we become addicted to it, especially the good stuff with the NSG and all the chemicals and all the good (laughs) stuff for you, right? The carbs, the sugars, you eat some of that, then you just want more and more and more and more. And when he's saying, here's my cup, take it, drink it, eat it. When we taste and see that he's good, we draw an addiction to him. The more we get, the more we want. And the better it gets, and the better it gets, it's like wine, it's fermenting, it's getting better with time. And the more I taste of Jesus, the more I want. And it's getting sweeter and sweeter and sweeter every time I partake of His bread and His cup in communion with Him. Listen, communion comes from the root word unity. God's looking for unity with you and Him. He's calling you to His table, and He's calling us to dine with one another, even in the presence of our enemy. He's prepared a place. He's prepared a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies. So he's saying, listen, this is not just for those of you who are looking pretty in the church. This is for everybody. This is for people that are even hard to love. This is for everybody. And he's inviting us and he has a place set just for you to have communion, community union with him and each other. So we're going to get communion ready here. We're going to do it as a church. And here's where we are. The days of church membership here are over. The days of family are here. Yeah. Let, me, let me clarify that. We have membership, okay? We're not we're not getting flaky on it. But members come and go, Families stick together. Yeah members will walk out that door as fast as they walk in here because they have a preconceived notion and if it's not what they're looking for, if it's not what they like, if the music's too loud, if the music's not loud enough, if we don't do communion every week, if we baptize with this verbiage, if we do this or we sing in that key, the members will leave. But family, we say we got each other's backs. And by the way, when you turn your back, I'm not talking about it when you're that way. And I don't put this in it either. I honor you when you're here and when you're not here. I value who you are because I see you for your destiny, not your history. Yeah. That's family. Family is somebody saying, hey, I, you need greeters? You need somebody in the sound room? I got your back because this shouldn't fall on one person because we're a family. Blood and his name's Jesus. Amen. You don't have to be a here to be blood. Calvary paid the price for you and his blood covered it all. And under that blood, we take on a name. We take on a new name. We, we're new creatures. We take on a new name. What's his name? Jesus. And it ties us all in together as family. Listen, we're not looking for an organization. We're looking for a family. Amen. God is not an administrator of, a, of an orphanage. He's a loving father who wants to encounter his children. It's who he is. It's who he is. So here's how we're going to do communion. We want you to be a part of this church. We want you to be family. And if you're here visiting, if you thought maybe Kevin was speaking here today, that's fine. If you're here to see family, if you're here to just visit, we want to welcome you to communion with us. But over the next couple weeks, we want you to bring family pictures of your family in this place if you're going to be part of this family. And we're going to own it. We're going to own it. Last week we talked about owning it and stepping up and actually not only commissioning and going, but owning it. If you're in a ministry, you're going to own that ministry. If your ministry is in your workplace, you're going to own it. You're going to take responsibility for it. If you're in this church and you consider yourself a member, we're going to own it together. And we're doing a family wall. And anybody who considers himself family here, we're going to have your picture on that wall. But we're going to own it together. And we're going to reveal the goodness of God to everyone in our communities. Our spheres of influences, the hospital we work in, the school we teach in, the business that we run. That's kingdom. Kingdom is not just right here on the pulpit. Kingdom is anywhere you are. Because kingdom is not a place, he's a person. Amen. Kingdom's anywhere you are. You can be the, the craziest radical minister you are. And you don't have to have a microphone and a title and a church. Uh, yeah. We need to think outside this box and say, hey, guess what? God's everywhere, and I go to all these places, so I'm going to take God with me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. So, so today, you, we're going to invite everybody to do that. But I, I just, I want to talk about the covenant that Jesus had with his disciples. Talk about the unity he had there. He was establishing a family. He took these teenage boys and he commissioned them and he released them as a family to go spread the good news to all nations. It wasn't this church division thing that we think of now. Oh, we get mad. We don't agree with the doctor. Now we're going to go start our own church. We're going to do our own plan. That's not family. Jesus did it with strategy because he was trying to reach those who are locally, locally, state, national, and international. So he's commissioning them, so he's dining with them. So today, as a family, we are dining. Next week, we're focusing on the cross. He paid the price, his blood covers it all. But if you could just, we're gonna ask the band to come up and and play a song. We're gonna do this as family. And then we're gonna do some activation, because I believe this, his body was broken, so ours doesn't have to be. So if there's anything in your body that's broken, if there's anything that's not whole, God has healing here for you today. It's not us that do the healing. He uses us for His healing. We're still used. Listen, before they met for communion, it says they prepared the table, they prepared the place for Jesus. He uses you and me. He still uses you. It still requires you in this this relationship. But He doesn't need you. He wants you. He doesn't. He doesn't need you. He wants you. He desires you. He rejoices over you. He's so pleased with you. He makes you holy. So there's a section in the Bible that talks about doing us unworthily. Who makes us worthy, us or Him? He died for us to be worthy. He died for us to be saints, no longer sinners. He died for us to be holy. He calls us that in His Word. So you make that determination, but I'm just here to tell you, He makes you worthy. He makes you holy. He forgives your sins. That's Jesus. So we're going to quickly get to a song here. And I just want you to uh, just come up here and get a piece of bread and a a cup. There's several stations here. And uh, just come up. We're going to come up front and do this as a church, as a community, as a family. Just come on up. Just get a piece of bread and, and you can join with your with your natural family. Just stand with them. If your kids are here, that's, that's your decision. My kids usually take communion because they understand it. The part of this is to just do it with understanding and do it. As we do this, we do it in remembrance of who? Jesus. This is Jesus paid the price. Jesus' this blood paid the price. His body was broken. If there's not enough over here, we've got plenty over here. Uh Just invite you to just... He took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, this represents my body. And as you take this, just, just just realize what his body endured. It was totally broken. You couldn't recognize from, from man to animal. He was, you couldn't even distinguish between the difference. So as we eat this, this bread, just also remember that the manna of God, the bread of God, he's the bread of life. He covers every one of our needs. So I believe there's something powerful that he was doing prophetic there with the disciples as he was sharing with this, And he's saying, listen, this is my bread. It's, you're always going to have it. I'm not going to drink again. I'm not going to eat again until, until I return. But he told us to do it because he, he's, he's asking us to eat from his bread, drink from his cup. Listen, we taste and see that He's good. We want more. So as we take this bread, just do the remembrance of him and just, just what he endured for us. God, we thank you for your body. We thank you for you being the bread of life. And we thank you for what you endured so that we can live with you in eternity and never face death eternally. We thank you for your body. We thank you that it was broken so that we could be made whole. We thank you for what you endured by choice. We thank you for the power of you, God, that we don't just need a program, we don't need a process, that in an instant today, we become unified in your body. We are one body with one mind and one accord. We're in unity here, God. And we just declare to the nations today that you are Savior, you are Lord, and through us we can do all things because you strengthen us, God. So we just take this representing your body. represents His blood. It's symbolic. His blood covers everything. It washes you pure as snow. Maybe you haven't been living right. Maybe maybe you've fallen short. We all have. But it's Him who justifies us. It's Him that goes and is our propitiation. He he goes on our behalf. He intercedes. He, He bridges the gap between us and the Father. He did that on the cross. So this blood, it covers everything. There's nothing you could do. There's no, you could have not gone too deep or no matter how long you were there, Jesus' blood covers it. And it washes you pure as snow, white as snow. And he covers that. So, Jesus, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for what it represents. We thank you for the cleansing power. We thank you for the sanctification, God. We thank you for the full deliverance, the saving, the salvation, God, of your blood. We thank you for that. And as we drink this cup, God, let us never be thirsty as you promised. Let us never be thirsty. Let you quench our thirst before we ever even have it just like in heaven. And we thank you for your blood.
1: Thank Jesus. <síntos>